You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's, Are you sure about that? <laughs> we'll see if you can pull it off today. <laughs> Today's question is from Samuel. He writes, in John 9, 6 through 7, why does Jesus tell the man to do something, wash the mud off of his eyes, when in other places like Matthew 9, 30, he just heals people without them doing anything? This is a big question that so many people ask. So I'm excited that Samuel so we did a lot of in. this one? Well, not that a lot of people have written in, but I always hear this come up in Bible studies and just church communities and whatever. Huh. Like, why was this like a dual process yeah. miracle? Every other time, Jesus just hey, does I, it. I just, you know, you and I read these questions. I'm blown away people make that careful of an observation. Mm. That's something they're studying. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, yeah. It's not just, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Actually, there's a really good answer, Samuel. So thanks for the, this is a, uh, what do they call it? Softball over the plate. Let's begin with the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is 700 years before Christ comes on the scene. And his predictions are so interesting and they're so precise. For example, the miracle of sight to the blind was reserved for the Messiah. Yeah. And I won't take time to read those verses, but you can look at Isaiah 29, 18, or Isaiah 35, 5. It is extraordinary that he would heal the blind. No one else did this. So one of the reasons the rabbis were so ticked at Jesus in this account, because he's breaking Sabbath, secondly, because if he in fact can do this, he is Messiah. Yeah. So I'm going to get to your answer, Samuel, but I have to give a little background and a little context for this miracle. John 9 is notable because it's on the heels of John 8, 12, where Jesus said, I am the light of the world, one of the seven I am statements. So that's not just this, oh, I'm the light of the world, enlightening people. No, he's about to give a public demonstration to authenticate the claim mm. that he can give sight to a man poor blind. Mm. So a number of points. Number one, it's congenital. He's born blind. Healing miracles, in fact, every miracle is nothing but an illustration of our sin condition. It's a physical illustration, but it's a spiritual issue. So he's born blind. We need not just eyes, we need new sight. Secondly, it is an object lesson. The man doesn't ask, unlike other blind people that beg or, you know, lay, oh, come over here. Mm-hmm. And they, they get frustrated with them. This guy's just an object lesson. He's just sitting there, which I think is all the more intriguing. Mm-hmm. The text in John 9 tells us that this was kind of a head scratcher of a theological problem. Did he sin or did his parents sin that he should be born blind? Mm-hmm. And the rabbis actually thought you could sin in utero. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and on the other side was, well, his parents did something wrong, and that's right. why they have a disabled child, right. which is a horrific thing. But, you know, people think that today. They sure do. They look at a, a yeah. family with a disabled person, they go, oh, those parents must have some sin in their history, which Horrible. is so grievous. Third, Jesus' answer to this miracle is both extraordinary and imperative for us to understand. Neither him or his parents. He's exonerating this stupid notion that you could sin in utero or that in this case, the parental sin would cause this person to be disabled, Mm. but that God's glory would be on display. And that's the fourth point. God's going to do something no one else can do. Mm. Fifth, chapter nine, verses six and seven reads, Jesus spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, this is important at several levels. Number one, 
were made from dust. And this okay. is an homage to chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 7, that Adam was made from dirt. Yep. And so we're here to see a creation miracle. This isn't, you know, cataracts or cornea transplant. This is a new set of eyes. Mm. So we're meant to see he's doing something from dirt, just like he did. And we've talked about a theophany or a Christophany mm -hmm. that Jesus is on his hands and knees. He's making a sand man mm -hmm. and he breathes the breath of life in him and he becomes a living being. And I think we're meant to see that Jesus spits and bends down. I mean, to me, it's a beautiful homage to what he did. In the, this is nothing. I can do it with spit. I don't have to do a whole person. Mm -hmm. I can just put clay on his eyes and he's sent off to wash him. Now, second aspect of this, keep in mind, it's not a medicine. This isn't right, like an ointment, or, yeah, right, yeah. right. This is creative. And so he's breaking Sabbath law by kneading the clay. And that's <laughs> what the rabbis get ticked at. He's working on Shabbat, not supposed to do that. And that's John 9, 14. So then he told the man to go wash. Now, why? And that's, this is to Samuel's question. Why did he send him over there? And remember, no word from the man yet. Mm-hmm. Why should I go there? What are you doing to me? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel this weird stuff on my face? Mm -hmm. Not one word is recorded in John. The word Siloam in Hebrew means sent, S-E-N-T. And he sends him to sent. Now, there's a big huh. backstory here, and I have a map that Han and I are looking at. It is the Herodian wall at the time when Jesus would have been doing this. There's a temple complex on the top of the map. Let's say it's at like one o'clock. And if you came down, it's six o'clock. The pool or pools technically of Siloam are there. Mm -hmm. You've been there. I have. We took you in a bus a and we went times. down to the pools of Siloam and you did the wet walk. Mm -hmm. So you walked from a little bit below here where David's home was about a 40 minute walk underground mm -hmm. and you came out. Yep. In the pools of Siloam. Yep. And your father gave a long devotional on this very chapter <laughs> because Hezekiah was afraid of the Assyrians. And so he built this tunnel and it's a massive accomplishment to send those pools. And those pools are David's, basically it's his swimming pool at the back of David's house. The huh. lower part of the steps would be the pools of Siloam. Because okay. remember we had that city of David thing. You yeah. wait to oh, go yeah, in the yeah. tunnel. Yeah. So he's sending him to a structure that was there at the time called the Pools of Siloam. And he goes down there and he washes and he sees. So let's sum this up. The one who's sent by the Father to save the world is sending a blind man who needs saving mm -hmm. to the pool called Sent. Sent. So the rabbis would pick this up probably. They knew he's violating Sabbath, but it was the old... You know, you let the ox die on Shabbat, mm -hmm. or do you do what's right? So to sum it up, it's a unique miracle in a number of ways, congenitally blind. He's an object lesson. He doesn't ask for anything. It clarifies it wasn't sin. It wasn't his parents' sin or the womb. He broke Sabbath, and the imagery is the sent one who came into the world sends the blind man to find sight. So this is a new creation, not a temporary healing. So all that, Samuel, I hope we'll get to it. Hannah's going to tell me what I didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that it's fair anytime there's a detail in 
a healing account or one of Jesus's miracles that's different from others, that it is something else is going on there. Like it's probably worth digging into a couple commentaries to see this probably means something. Cause I always hear you in the back of my mind saying always intentional, deliberate Jesus. Like he never did anything just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Happenstance. So Samuel, point being, I, I hope we got to it. I think it's not happenstance. He does this. And again, you have different blind, you have blind Bartimaeus. That's not the same guy. Mm-hmm. This guy is never named, and I think he's never named for a reason. I think John wants to keep it cryptic. The seven IMs, you have the seven key miracles, mm-hmm. and these are self-declarative. Each one of them ties together. Living water with the woman at the well, you know, the door and the sheep and the shepherd, all of them tie in the seven IMs, the seven key miracles, mm-hmm. and the self-revelatory Jesus. And here, the point is, he wants them to understand, he's the light of the world. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. I can create new eyes because you're blind. You are blind to this world. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's also interesting because I think another thing I've really learned from you, especially while in Israel, is so much of Christ's teachings were object lessons, yep. whether it was the environment that he was in when he was talking about it, or he teaches on something and then there's a certain miracle account that ties back. I think as casual readers, we just yeah. really miss so much of it. And we for sure miss the environmental context. Like I think of in Israel when Jesus talks about the gate of Hades will be, I mean, we don't get it at all because we don't understand where they're standing. And he's literally standing in front of what the culture at the time thought were the gates to hell. hell. Mm -hmm. And they were throwing sacrifices in there. And I mean, even children's sacrifices. And anyway, so yeah, interesting. Well, if you've got a question for Dr. E, (laughs) call us, text us, email us. The info's in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic and music composed by Jason Germain. 